0: Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we recognize how much you love us, uh, even to the point of sending your only Son to save us. Would you remind us of that this morning and open our hearts and our ears that we might hear you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Our scripture passage for today comes from John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Let us listen to God's word to us. The wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And this is the part you all know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks. Now, this story includes the rock star of all Bible verses, John 3.16. It's like the lead singer of a band whose name everyone knows, and if John 3.16 were a singer, it would only need one name, like Cher. Or we know it by its verse number because it's like famous. But what if, like all celebrities, we think we know it because of its image being worn into our brains, its repetition, its presence on t-shirts and mugs and hats and Bible covers and books and wall hangings. But in the end... Maybe we lose something when we turn John 3.16 into a celebrity, just like none of us really know share. For instance, how many of us remember that John 3.16 comes in the middle of this story about Nicodemus? If I'm honest, I'd have to say that a lot of times I forget. This verse is so common, so popular, it overwhelms everything else around. The third chapter in John is overwhelmed by this verse, like a dish with chili powder. Or a concert where Bono is the headliner. Whoever the opening band is walks out so pumped for the largest crowd of their lives, but everyone is just chanting, Bono, Bono. Except... There's something else in this story, something nearly as famous, the call to be born again. While hardly anyone is going to dislike John 3.16, you'll find a whole variety of thoughts about being born again. Some people view it with anticipation, reverence. It is the thing, being born again, Write down the time and the day and the place when you prayed the prayer and were born again. But others view it with suspicion. Others like Langston Hughes. When he was going on 13, his aunt's church held a revival. Every night for weeks they met. The last night was designated for children. He was escorted to the front pews with all the other youngsters in the church who hadn't yet been brought to Jesus. Langston was expecting. He was expecting to see this light, to feel something happen, and then God would be with him forever. So the preacher starts preaching. He's really wound up. He's throwing his arms, yelling and jumping until he's sweating. Some of the kids jump up right away, crying. Others waited. The congregation begins to sing in the background. Some kneel to pray. Langston just kept waiting to see Jesus, to see that light. And the preacher keeps preaching. The congregation keeps praying. Kids standing up one by one until there are only two boys left. Langston and another boy named Wesley. Wesley. Finally, Wesley leans over and whispers, I'm tired of sitting here. Let's get up and get saved. So he does. And that leaves Langston alone. Sitting on that pew, wondering what God thought of Wesley, who certainly hadn't seen Jesus, but was sitting up there kicking his feet. He felt bad for making everybody wait, so eventually he got up too. The room breaks out into a sea of shouting, waves of rejoicing swept the place, people leapt in the air, but that night Langston cried. His aunt thought it was because he was talking to God, to the Holy Spirit, but he was crying because he hadn't seen Jesus. Jesus. Say John 3.16, and everyone is on board. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We were bad, but God's love is good. Now we're saved. Everyone is on board. But wedge John 3.16 into the middle of a story about being born again? And it tastes a little different. But we have to wedge it in the middle. Because Jesus lays it pretty thick on Nicodemus. If you're not born from above, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. If you're not born from above, you can never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have to be born from above. Understanding born from above is really important, not just because it's misused, but because Jesus says it's really important. You can't write that off. That's not an option. I mean, it is, but then you have to get rid of John 3.16 as well. So this morning, we're pushing past our surface understandings of John 3.16 and born again. Because knowing who Bono is and knowing Bono are two different things. We're pushing past our surface understandings of John 3.16 and born again because these things are not meant to be separated. They're the lyrics and chorus of the same song, a song that God wants to sing to us. This song began when God spoke creation into existence. His song swept over the chaos and out of nothing spun supernovas and black holes, stars so big that it would literally take you 10 million hours to fly to them in a jet. Then he whispered, every hair on your head and the color of your eyes. He loved us enough. But he gave us voices and languages to join the song, to create, to glorify, to join the choruses of angels and oceans singing God's song. With our breath and voice, though, we created our own rhythm and our own melodies that we hope will save us songs of arrogance, apathy, greed, hate. So God spoke again. This time he spoke himself into flesh, A baby that grew into a man. This was such a big deal that the angels sang back up. The heavenly hosts joined in the divine song, interrupting that time's regularly scheduled program of soldiers and taxes and purity codes. Interrupting our regularly scheduled program of work, distraction by the phone, TV, Facebook, Instagram, vacation, sports, hunting, family time. like back then. Many of us are so busy that we miss the song completely. God sang himself into the flesh to live and to die. But why? John 3.16 For God so loved the world, so loved soldiers and doctors and cowards and traitors and unwed mothers and soccer moms and CEOs and ex-cons and Burger King janitors. God so loved the world. That God joined us in the middle of our hurting so that we could hear God's song of what is real and true and everlasting so that we could hear his song and know it is our song and that can never be taken away. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. He did not come to condemn the world. He came to save it. That is John 3.16. The power of that verse is that it takes the song that God is singing and it wraps it up into one verse. One verse about God's desperate love for us, his children. A love that couldn't help but leave everything behind, even the protection of divinity, that he might suffer Beside us, there's a reason. John three sixteen is the bono of the Bible. The truth of it is that powerful. The entire love song that God sings to us summed up in one verse, John three sixteen. But we forget. We forget that this love song that we hear to all of us originally started as a private conversation between Jesus. And Nicodemus. We forget that this famous Bible verse was spoken just to one man, Nicodemus. This Pharisee, this leader of the Jews, this man who knew the traditions and the laws, Jesus told him that he had to be born from above before he told him John 316. Which means we too are called to be born from above. We who know the traditions and all the laws. We know the right lingo to use about salvation in the Trinity. We, who know in our minds who Jesus is, are asked to be born from above. Nicodemus, a leader among religious officials, was told by Jesus himself that he must be born from above. Because Jesus has no desire to sing some feel-good song about how much he cares and then pat us on our back and send us on our way. No, you see, Jesus is interested in transforming our lives. And the level of change that Jesus is talking about, the only way he can describe it is being born again. You were born once. I promise it's true. All you knew when you were born was hunger and fear. From there, you either learned the presence of love or its lack, You learned to speak, to understand how the world works. You learned what kind of food to eat, what's appropriate and what's not. In short, the world taught you what songs to sing. And it wasn't all God's song. Even if you learned the Christian words, learned the Christian prayers, learned the Christian rituals and the phrases, God bless you, I'll pray about it. Even if you learned all the notes of the song, we know that doesn't make you a Christian. We know, because Langston Hughes' story rings true. He grew up in the church, stood up to be born again, but then nothing, no rush of the spirit, no flash of light that moment where his church claimed that he was born again, that's when he began to drift away from God like a boat someone forgot to tie to the dock. After Jesus tells Nicodemus that you must be born from above, born of the Spirit, Nicodemus asks, how can these things be? What tone do you think Nicodemus asks with? Doubtful? How? How can these things be? A man who has seen too many broken homes, broken bodies, broken dreams to believe that humanity can ever change. Was he amazed? How can these things be? A man who hardly believes that this promise is true, who wants it so badly he needs to know before he dares to hope it'll happen. Contempt? How can these things be? A man tired of idealists who dream big and never back it up with actions. Like Langston Hughes, he's seen behind the curtain and he thinks he knows. Or was it casual? How can these things be? A man having an argument, wondering about an answer, in the same way we ask someone to explain a math program or how to merge Excel spreadsheets. The Bible doesn't say what tone Nicodemus used, which lets us read Nicodemus's question in our own voice. Jesus promises that we can be born from above, then he demands that we are born from above in order to see the kingdom of heaven, to enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus asks the right question. Whatever tone you ask it in, it's the right question. You can look at so-called Christians all over the world and ask, how can these things be? Do we believe? Do we believe that God will actually give us a new life? Do we believe that God will reach so deep down into us, change us so completely, fill us so full of the Holy Spirit, that people will look at us and say, nope, she's not the same person I knew before. He must have actually met God, because I barely know him anymore. Do we believe that God will actually do this, not just for you and for me, but for everyone on earth who hears his song and seeks earnestly to follow? How can these things be? The reason John 3.16 comes right after this promise of new birth is because the scale of that promise requires this level of commitment. The scale of the promise is John 3.16, the bono of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life promise of eternal life requires a fitting commitment you must be born from above john 3:16 and born again they are the verse and chorus of the same song you were born once i promise it's true Since then, you've learned how the world works, learned how to speak, learned what is and isn't appropriate. You've learned what matters. Maybe the reason Nicodemus is so suspicious of Jesus here is who on earth wants to go through that again. I grew up once, and it was hard enough the first time. I have no interest in doing it again. Except... If John 3.16 is true, then there is a perfect God, bigger and wiser and better than us, saying this is the way, the only way. Forget how you learned how to speak, let me teach you. Forget how you learned how to work, let me teach you. Forget how you learned to protect yourself, let me teach you. John 3.16 as a celebrity verse is this lifeless feel-good promise, a vague idea that things will work out. That's not what Jesus meant. John 3.16 is an invitation and a command to lay down everything we think we know and follow Christ. And let me just tell you, none of our alternate anthems can compete with God's truth. And in response to this promise, what can we do? but relearn how to live in the same way a child learns how to speak, how to walk, what to care about, and what matters. During the season of Lent, we remember that following Christ leads to the cross. It is a road paved with self-denial, emptying ourselves. But when we are empty, the Spirit will come. And by a miracle of God, we will find that we are born again. Let us pray. Lord, we see the song that you sing in creation. We see that this song reaches down into the depths of us to show us how much you care and how much you love us. We only ask that we might respond in a way that shows our commitment to your kingdom. Give us the courage to follow you, even if it leads to the cross. In Christ's name we pray.